Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. My name is Alex Mead, and I'm your host. And today we have the CEO and founder of Salesflare CRM, Jeroen Korthout. And Jeroen is like super interesting of like how he came to be and how he started Salesflare with, you know, co-founded it with another partner. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of the questions I have for him is like, so why a CRM tool? Uh, you know, that doesn't seem like the easiest the easiest uh, platform or app to develop and to uh, to break into the market in 2014, um, but they have done so successfully. So stay tuned for the interview, and thanks again for listening. All right, welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm Alex Mead, your host, and today's guest is Jeroen Kortaud from from Salesflare. He's the co-founder and CEO. Uh, Jeroen, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. So, you know, I I went to a um, a webinar in the middle of the pandemic. I I feel like it was something around you know, how to, how to sell better virtually or how to, you know, build out presentations. And this was early on in the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, through that, just being able to connect. So, you know, if you don't mind, maybe just introduce yourself and give us a quick explanation of Salesflare. Yeah, um, indeed. I think uh, we gave a webinar together with predictable revenue back in the day. Uh, it was a very popular topic back then, <laughs> yeah. uh, remote selling, now a bit less. <laughs> Um, now people have adapted, let's say. I, I am a co-founder and CEO of Salesflare, like you said. Um, Salesflare is a CRM system, so it has something to do with sales as well. Um, in, um, in short, we help salespeople to follow up with their leads and customers in a more effective way. Uh, because if you don't have a system, it's very hard to stay on top of uh, let's say your your leads and customers, if you have more than 10, 20 or so, it's very hard to do it based on your memory. Um, so that's what sales CRMs are for. Um, we build one for um, small and medium-sized businesses who sell B2B. And the main issue with the others is that they don't get used consistently. And we figured that is because uh, it, it requires a whole lot of data input. So we set out to remove that barrier and we built a system that automates the whole thing, uh, which then makes it easier to keep your system alive, let's say, and follow up consistently. I mean, you kind of answered my next question was, what was the biggest, like, what problem did you solve? You know, CRMs weren't, you know, when you created Salesflare, you know, you weren't the first person to create a CRM and you kind of touched on it. I think when, when we started our business, like in 2010, 11, we used, um, someone told me that they're using Zoho and I was like, oh yeah, we need to keep track of <laughs> our, our information. And it was very confusing of what I had to add. And I was like, do I have to, every time I meet someone at a networking event, do I have to go add these like 50 data points in the profiles or like in their in their contact settings so is that tell me tell me more about how you came to this discovery that 
people weren't using it because they had to enter so much information. Yeah. Actually, I had the first-hand experience first with Salesforce for about four years. I was an um, account manager at a, at a consultancy that deployed Salesforce at customers. It was mostly big pharma companies. <clears throat> and we did all kinds of marketing and sales and all that. And I, uh, I had to use it myself. And for me, it was my very first CRM. So I was, uh, I was very uh, convinced that it was going to be an amazing thing for me to uh, organize myself. It turned out that it wasn't that much. It was very uh, cumbersome, a lot of work to keep it up to date. It didn't really seem up to date either in the sense of uh, being like a, a system like I, I used to use other systems. Like uh, for instance, I had my task list in Wunderlist, which is now a Microsoft to-do. I think it's been bought by Microsoft. And it, that was a very modern, like new sort of application. And then I used Salesforce and tasks were forms there. It wasn't visual. It was, it didn't give me notifications, except if I went to log into Salesforce, which seemed weird on the computer, uh, <laughs> so all this kind of weird stuff. And, um, I saw that my colleagues weren't using it either. Our CEO really loved it, which was weird. Um, but the rest of the company, not really. Um, and then actually I didn't do anything with that insight for, for all that, the time that I was working there until, um, I joined my co-founder on his, uh, software company and they were using Zoho. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I mean, it's like, it's like cheap Salesforce. Ooh, yeah. Horrible. And then, um, we actually, we went to a conference with that company and we had a lot of leads. So we needed something good to follow it up. It was not just uh, meant to be a database anymore. We really wanted something to, um, to keep track of everything properly because we had a lot of good, good leads in the pipeline. And we looked at different systems and we saw that there was a lot of, uh, new stuff better than Salesforce, uh, definitely more uh, aimed at, at end users and at practically using it for following up sales. But still, it didn't really matter how well these things were built. They still came with this expectation that we were going to fill them out manually, uh, completely. And it was extremely cumbersome. Yeah. And we just felt that the expectations that were uh, put on us were, were immense. Like we would go into the system and every single thing we did, we would put in there and we would never forget to do that. And, you know, <laughs> And yeah, that, it's like, that, how, yeah, that didn't work for us. Uh, yeah. It's like the system is only as good if it, if it saves you time, but if you are spending so much time inputting, you know, all of this data of where's the company address, where's the company phone number, you know, like, where did you meet them? Like, what was your last touch point? Like that, it seems like it's a good, you know, when technology and platforms are coming out and becoming more advanced, like it seemed like that was a good next step and I'm sure it was, but then, you know, we meet, how many people did you meet at that conference? How many, how many contacts did you have? Uh, we had about, I think 130 uh, hot leads. Um, we had a booth there and we, um, we consistently pulled people out of the hallway saying like, uh, it was a big IBM conference in Vegas. Imagine. Yeah. This huge yeah. thing in one of the hotels there. Yeah. And uh, we would just stand in the hallway and say, do you use IBM Cognos, which is a business intelligence software solution? And they would say, yes. And I would say, oh, 
do you have this issue? And I would say, yes, <laughs> oh my God, we have solutions for that. And then they would ask something technical. And then I would say, oh, that's something for my colleagues over here. And then <laughs> they would take them over and I would go for the next one. And we would repeat this uh, for, I think, <laughs> four days in a row. So, <laughs> you know, how many days did it take you to input all 130 contacts? Oh, the, into the, the CRM. Inputting at that point is not too hard because we just you just take the, the the Excel or the CSV file you get. We have this kind of batch scanner thing, so it you, you have an Excel in the end. You import that, that's fine. But then from there is where the, the misery begins. Because if you then don't <laughs> don't like keep track of everything properly, then all of a sudden uh, you and your colleague are talking to the customer, you forgot that you already got in touch and then get in touch with the you know. It becomes a whole mess and a CRM is, is meant to be a system to help with that. But if it only works if if the data gets in there, right? If 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 it doesn't if it doesn't keep track of things, uh, and and in most CRMs it's you keeping track, it's not the system keeping track, you need to keep track in the CRM, uh, mm -hmm. then it all falls apart and uh, and you start making mistakes. Yeah. That's interesting. So you you saw this early on. Um, so what was the journey? What was the journey? You know, like when you started um, Salesflare with your co-founder, what was the? So obviously you you saw this need and this challenge that was hard for people weren't using the tools to their fullest you know to, to their full features because it was just too time consuming or just too much took too much you know human uh, time to it. What was, I guess, like, what was the conversations of, hey, let's start a CRM? Because I'm, I'm not going to lie. That sounds yeah. like a, when you're thinking of a startup, a CRM startup to me, and maybe this is just like where I am now, but it just seems like a, not the easiest thing to start up and scale and grow. No, definitely not. No, we, we initially also didn't see it as a as a CRM. Um, so in, in our initial conversations, we, we saw that we were inputting data and that data was actually already in another system. We were, we were in business intelligence software, which was, is basically reporting on data. So we were sort of busy with this kind of stuff. And uh, we saw that we, we had data in our emails, uh, like who we were emailing with, their name, their email address, their email signature, the emails themselves, you know, all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, the frequency at which we're emailing. We could even put open tracking and click tracking we saw. And we, there was stuff in our calendar and there was stuff in our phone and in company databases. And, and we figured if we can build a system that pulls all those kind of things together, then we have something that automates all that data for salespeople. And then based on that, they can follow up. And then we uh, we started, often we, we got into a, into a um, uh, space where, where we started thinking about the marketing uh, aspects of it, like all the, all the cool stuff we could do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we would always say, no, no, we're, we're not going to automate marketing because I mean, there's a lot of marketing automation already out there. It's the salespeople who have the issue here. Uh, they don't really have the automation. And now we call it Salesflare uh, with the sales to remind us of the fact that uh, that uh, that was the case and and flair well we we looked for the main names right but uh <laughs> the, 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 we explained it to ourselves by saying uh, that we were going to throw a flare uh, a light uh, in the in the black box of sales um 
But we initially saw it as a sales platform. I even remember making a slide where we had like, you know how Salesforce has software and then they, they put a big cross through it. Uh, we did that with CRM. We were like, okay, next, next thing is CRM is not a thing anymore. It's huge cross through it. Because we said like CRM is for management, it's not for salespeople. Salespeople should be able to work with a sales platform, uh, not with a CRM. And we saw this as a solution for big companies. We figured like in big companies, uh, there, people have support systems like Zendesk uh, and they have marketing systems like uh, back in the day, Marketo. Um, why can't salespeople have a sales system? Why do they have to work in, in that freaking CRM? That doesn't make sense. So we said, we're going to make a sales platform that's going to integrate with things like Salesforce. And it's going to be way better for the salesperson and Salesforce. And it's going to sync everything back to the CRM. Now we tried to sell that to, uh, to big companies and uh, they, they didn't like the idea. They, they did have a big issue that was confirmed that we knew. Um, <laughs> but they, they didn't think that um, adding another system was a good solution. They didn't agree with our uh, idea that um, we needed to give a sales platform to the salespeople. They just wanted mm -hmm. to fix Salesforce. Um, and plus, they didn't see that integration uh, ending up well. They're like, okay, that needs to synchronize the synchronization. There's always something going wrong. Yeah. And then we were in that uh, spot. That was, that was back in 2014, all of that. And um, we figured that... It, it was difficult to make it work, but at the, at the same time, we had built something small already. And the, the startups in the incubator where, where we were around us, they said, oh, this looks good. It's, I mean, it's like super handy. It's, it's better than what we have. And they were like, oh, maybe we aren't selling a sales platform to big companies. We're selling a, a CRM to, to smaller ones. And that's when we made the switch. Um, and we've been focusing on that ever since, uh, although in the last year now, um, we've been adding more and more medium sized companies as well. Uh, so we really started with the small ones uh, and now we say small and medium sized because that's a, yeah. that's a reality. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, when we started out as a marketing agency, we started with a lot of small businesses. We were you know, starting small and kind of growing from there. And there was a lack of tools that, uh, that wasn't MailChimp for small businesses. Like that was like the only tool. And even then MailChimp was trying to say, oh, it can be a CRM too, uh, not just an email platform. And you're just kind of thinking like, I don't, you know, how does this work? And so I think it's smart to think about small to medium sized businesses because there are sales forces, there are HubSpots, there are, you know, these other, these other players, but at the same time, that might be, you know, one of the complaints we've heard a lot about HubSpot early on is, well, they, they come with the, the one feature I want comes with 30 other features I don't need. And it's going to cost me $800 a month to get this one feature. So why isn't there a tool that I can use that gives me like the features that I need? Um, and I, and I think there's like this, need for a, a quality and good functioning and like user experience platform that works for them, not 
uh, kind of like in your previous experience of having to manually put all this information in. So I think that's a, I think that's a good play for you guys. And as it, as it continues to grow, so does your platform, so does your user base and understanding because you're, you're right. Salesforce, uh, I've noticed so many tools lately that are, you know, getting huge series A fundings to make Salesforce better. Yeah. Um, but why can't there just be a tool that's better than Salesforce? Um, but yeah, yeah. you know, I think I think like what you said is companies don't want to integrate. You know, they have Salesforce. There's that one COO or CTO that's like, "Yep, we're using Salesforce." Nobody else likes it, but uh, you know, it's just been ingrained in so many enterprise situations. Yeah, yeah. replacing Salesforce is a hard thing, and for now, people are still looking for stopgap solutions. And that's still going to go on for a while, I think, especially in enterprises, it's a very long cycle. Um, and as you said, <laughs> indeed, it's super impressive how many companies are trying to fix Salesforce. And just fix like small pieces of it, just small yeah. little functions of it. And there's some some tragic stuff even happening. Like at some point, oh, there was a, a company called RelateIQ, who sort of um, created a better serum for small companies. Uh, Salesforce bought them. They placed it uh, at the beginning of their offering, like for, for uh, small companies. And at some point they just completely killed it off uh, just because they wanted to focus everything on the Salesforce platform, regardless of whether that was a good uh, solution for, for small businesses. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh you know, one thing I noticed that I wanted to ask you about, um, and this might not be as relatable to Salesflare, but you you have degrees in electro electronic uh, engineering and biomechanical technology. How did you go from that to like data business consulting and now a sales you know CRM tool? Like, how did you go from something that I would say is pretty technical and like you clearly wanted to do that? Uh, you know, be into electronic engineering or or biomedical, you know, technologies. How did you go from from that to creating your own startup seven years yeah. ago, eight years ago? Yeah, uh, I would say like 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 my entrepreneurship journey kind of started a bit before that. Um, I um, started building websites for people when I was fifteen, sixteen. Um, dreamt of having my agency. Um, I thought about computer engineering. Um, but when I went to the open day, it seemed kind of nerdy and the, the people <laughs> and the things that were exhibiting, it, it, it didn't really seem like my thing. And, um, my dad is actually an engineer. So I was always on the engineering track. Um, but what I really enjoyed was, um, building stuff for people. Um, during engineering, I, I chose electronical engineering with business management. And then I went for a biomedical engineering because that just seemed, I was super interesting. And uh, I mean, I could do something impactful, like work in healthcare. Yeah. And uh, there was all these medical courses as well. But then when I went applying for jobs, because I, I, I didn't figure I could start my own company right away. I needed some experience first. Um, working in a real company, you know? And <laughs> so when I went applying for jobs, I got all these engineering jobs, but really like disconnected from the customer. And I didn't like that. I wanted to build stuff for people, but that's, that meant being in touch with people, creating value, yeah. like with them, not, yeah. not uh, in a back room. Um, 
And somewhere during that process, I got really frustrated and I figured the only way out is uh, to do business school. Uh, so one night I applied for business school. My parents were against it, um, but they didn't know I applied uh, first. Um, I, I paid with a credit card of a friend of mine. And then when I got in, I let them know. And uh, I said, uh, I, I'd pay for it myself, or at least I would, I would pay them back. Um, then I did that for a year. And then from there, I actually changed my plans. I figured if I'm going to do something with people, if, if I'm going to put something in the market, then what I'm actually looking for is more like a, a product manager. Uh, but then, then in healthcare, I was in marketing position. Uh, so I, I specifically looked for that. Um, I got that position at Baxter, which is a big uh, mm-hmm. uh, US uh, pharma company. Yeah, It was extremely boring. Um, <laughs> I've only done it for um, 10 months. I actually had another job already at eight months. Um, and uh, the funny thing is I switched, I switched back then to sort of going to a website agency. It wasn't really websites because we did way more than that. We did everything from, from market research to impact measurement strategy. And, and um, in the beginning, we did a lot of websites, but over time we, we did complete multi-channel campaigns where yeah. we replaced sales forces. Uh, but it, 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 it came from my understanding that I was good at websites and nobody in pharma was. <laughs> So I figured I could do something with that. One night I, I have dinner with a guy I knew did something in that area. Um, and he ended, ended up offering me a job. So that's the agency I, I mentioned earlier. That uh, was all yeah. into Salesforce and stuff. Um, I worked there for four years. In the meantime, I, um, I, I mean, I, I think after a year or two, I got bored again. I wanted to start my own company. It was time. Um, I went part-time. Uh, so I, I worked part-time in the, in the, in the agency slash consultancy. Uh, part-time, I was, I was working on all kinds of projects. And during that time, I, I met my co-founder in an accelerator. We were both working on other stuff. Uh, I did something else, something else. And then, you know, <laughs> uh, one yeah, thing leads yeah. to another. Yeah. So you're, it's this kind of, uh, this feeling that you've always wanted to, you always knew you wanted to help people and be valuable and and provide something to people. And once you realized you were kind of able to do that with this biomedical or like electronic engineering, but you would be kind of stuck in a room, not, not engaging and reacting with the people you're helping, uh, that kind of triggered a, a move. And then clearly now you're helping, you know, small, medium-sized businesses create and operate better sales organizations and and drive more revenue. I mean, you're helping them, you know, educate and learn and and provide the tools. So how how what is next for you? I mean, it seems like you have you have ideas, you have plans, you have uh, kind of like a you have like a you seem to always have like a what's next plan. Like, you know, you feel like to me, you seem like a guy that knows where you're going, like what you, what you have plans for is what's like the next evolution of sales flair or what's the next evolution of, of yourself. Oh, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not the guy that always has the next plan. (laughs) I sort of, uh, 
<laughs> let's say take the journey and figure it out. Uh, right now at Salesforce, um, we've built out a pro plan for our medium-sized customers. I mean, we, we got more and more of them, so we figured we, we needed uh, specific functionality for them and we built a, a pricing plan also adapted to this. Um, what we're looking at right now, but I don't know completely yet where it's going to lead, is adding more lead gen functionality in Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Because we already offer CRM, it, act, it actually has an email outreach tool built in. I mean, it can, can be used for way more than email outreach, but it can be used for that. And many people use it for that. Um, so in, uh, email sequences. And then people actually, the next issue they have is that uh, they, they need leads uh, to be able to email and they need to be able to uh, select them very in a very targeted way. Um, and that's uh, uh, something we're looking at right now, how we can solve that. Um, so we can solve as much as possible of the whole sales process, um, automate things and make sure that all the data is there, you know, the kind of things we're, we're good at and, and, and offer that to people in such a way that it's super easy to use. Um, now what's going to happen after that, I honestly have no idea, uh, <laughs> Right now, things are growing well. Uh, we listen to our customers all the time. We prioritize what it is they're asking for, and we we just uh, do that consistently, and we, we see where things where things go from there. Um, personally, also, if if at some point I stop working on Salesforce, I have no idea what's next. Um, I sometimes think about going back to healthcare at some point. But I'm not even sure about that because it has its own issues as well. It's it's really nice yeah. to be working in healthcare in in one way, but in another way, it's also uh, it's 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 a sort of a conservative industry. So it always puts puts a break on your plans, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, which is not at all the case in the in the kind of stuff we're doing now. Um, it's it's really much more fast moving what we're doing now, uh, which is a lot of fun. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. More tools, more platforms, or or more features coming out for for medium sized businesses. And as we wrap up, um, I mean, obviously salesflare.com, but where else can people learn more? Uh, I mean, you have a podcast, right? Um, Coffee with founders. Yeah, I have a podcast, Founder Coffee, um, which is on foundercoffee.salesflare.com. We have a blog with a lot of uh, good content, I think so at least, uh, on blog.salesflare.com. Uh, we have our um, our sites on salesflare.com, like you said, where you can find out all about the software. Uh, you can also try it for free if you like. You can even um, see it without trying right now, I think. Um, and then if you try it, you get anywhere between seven and 30 days on the trial because we, we, we gamify it. We like, if, if, yeah. if you, if you set it up further, then you get more days on the trial. And that way we incentivize people to actually do that because we've seen that they, they are way more successful when they set it up uh, properly during the trial. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch with me, um, LinkedIn is the best place. Um, you just type my name into LinkedIn. Um, there will be only one person with my name, so that's easy. And then <laughs> when you send the connection request, um, please do include a personal message. 
Uh, that's the only requirement and a very important one because if you don't add one, then I will have no idea why you're contacting me and I'll assume it's <laughs> spam like all the other things I get. So yeah, include insert, a personal uh, message. In, yeah, insert first name. Uh, we're both in tech. Thought we should connect. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. or uh, yeah, I get I get probably ten a day of people uh, doing like white label web dev. And they send me about ten links of all of their past work on the in, your, in the uh, in the invite. So, yeah, personalize personalize that uh, that outreach. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. You know, I think of CRM tools and in platforms, and you know, now in in 2020, 2021, there are you know, numerous CRM tools. There are niche for insurance industry. There's niche for uh, manufacturing. I mean, like there's there's a, there seems to be a CRM tool for just about anybody for for any niche uh, and, and various areas. But what I think is is unique about Salesflare is they came, you know, they they were born out of a you know business intelligence and data company working alongside Salesforce and saw this need that Salesforce users, it was hard for them to use. They, they weren't logging in regularly. They weren't, it was, it was hard to regularly log this information because it was all manual um, and, and, you know, maybe not the easiest process. And, you know, like you mentioned, they started off as like a, how can we break into enterprise and these big companies and quickly realize that that's just not something they want to do. They want to fix Salesforce, not replace it. Uh, and kind of, decided to take what they've learned of what works and automating that process and, and, and doing a lot of that stuff on the back end and the, and the information that already exists and bringing that to small to medium-sized businesses in a really successful way. Um, you know, they have a lot of great information on their website. It's a great tool. Um, you know, I, I've been on a few webinars with Yarun and, and like he certainly knows his stuff and is great at sales and great at technology, great at listening to customers and great to, at providing a quality product. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a right tool for every business. And, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of, like, I need a sales, I need a sales CRM, I need a CRM in general, you know, definitely give them a look uh, and check it out. They offer, you know, like you mentioned, up to 30 day uh, free trials. Um, and most, most of them do now. And, you, you know, I think, I think if you have questions, like they have great support team, you know, I've chatted with a few of them now. Um, and it's worth it's worth listening to and, and showing and hearing about their growth in kind of a gradual way through word of mouth and through gamification. Um, you know, something that we talked about offline is their use. You know, they they, they had a deal on AppSumo and how they're able to structure that to grow their audience as well, um, which is super interesting. And you can ask him about that on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect with him uh, and and send a personalized message for all those listening. Personalized messages will always get you, just about always get you a connection with, uh, you know, with, with some of these top salespeople and top uh, entrepreneurs out there. So thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week. We have our helpful hot take with Yarun, and he talks about uh, some advice that he has for entrepreneurs today. So tune in. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast, hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. 
Thanks for listening. See you next time.